You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones. Hello. Peter Streets. Hello. And introducing Aaron Hubbard. Hello. another episode of blue yonder uh apparently we're doing intros now my name is jim jones and no one knows and i'm aaron hubbard uh we do say this is the end of every episode though we but the, then they're like i thought they're like finally enlightened at the end it's like watching uh i think that's it's like watching memento you have to listen <laughs> to the whole cast to figure it out and then work it we work your way backwards that's fine. The people, the people who don't listen to the end, we don't want them as listeners anyway. That's true. We want you to listen the to every friends. single word. Yeah, the true fans know it. Action happens at the end of the cast. The action does often happen at the end of the cast. Yeah, action Jackson. It's happening at the Bo beginning Jackson's. too because we're just. Have we ever released ripping. a? Bo- have we, ever we have unleashed- not. We we have an epic epic bonus content involving Bo Jackson that we <laughs> we will release soon. The Bo scale. How many Bo Jackson per minute? <laughs> We we hit 16 million, I think. Dude, we uh, yeah, it was at least 100. Wow. 100 Jacksons per minute. Um, man, I don't JPM. like it because I'm, I'm, I find I'm like tilting my head and then get quiet to the address you. BJPM. So I'm going to ignore you for now, blinders on. All right, well, we can swivel. But swivel? They're, they're not facing the mattress. Uh, Yeah, you got to face the mattress. We're high tech, man. <laughs> Kill Echo, just face a mattress. <laughs> bite a pillow. <laughs> when the podcasting gets too intense, bite the pillow. Oh. We're actually podcasting face down on my bed. <laughs> podcasting into uh, the mattress. Again, remember, my safe word is filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you using it just now? No, no. Okay. It's, it's just informing. But if I use it, you know, if the podcasting gets too intense, <laughs> biting the pillow filibuster, and screaming filibuster. to the mattress, I just say filibuster and it's How can you stops. say filibuster with a pillow in your mouth? <laughs> Uh, good question. Okay, we need to get into a cast. Do you have a topic? Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the uh, Little Big Planet Two demo dropped last cool. week onto PSN, and I'm going to say I did not like what I saw. Whoa! Um, I thought there, there's three basic demo levels. Uh, one that illustrates the concept of the bouncy pads and grappling hook, and it plays exactly like Sonic Pinball, okay. even to the extent that they zoom out really far on the level, so that the you actually see your your guys are really teeny, teeny tiny as they're moving through the map. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like the feel of it. It didn't feel like Little Big Planet, uh, and it felt like it played like once you hit this one pad, it just like it played itself, like some kind of crazy concept user level. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that the uh, grappling hook almost breaks the game because you can get almost anywhere that you want and you hard pressed to figure, you know how you would die i don't know i mean hmm. the original little big planet was very simple and yet very challenging so yeah. i'm willing to give the developers some slack uh but what i really don't like is the feel like this there, the other level a level is a weapons lab which again this is in this is uh, in Little Big Planet, uh, where they've they've developed these animals that you ride, like a, a robotic puppy, and a robotic cat, and okay. a robotic something else, and they've got special like, little attacks. 
Mm-hmm. Like the dog can bark that move and, it, and that moves this little sonic shock wave goes out and, and moves uh, blocks away from you and you can jump super high. But these levels look uh, like something you'd see in Goldeneye. The original what? Little Big Planet was like very crafted. You could see cardboard and like you know mm-hmm. stuff was cut out and very patchwork. This looks like something you would see in a modern FPS. The the backgrounds and the laboratory was very pristine and a lot of things that I thought were charming about the original. I just felt like it was antiseptic and uh, again, me and my four year old son did not enjoy playing the demo, the four level demo. Really? Yep. Um, kind of concerned. Uh, wow. Uh, I, I'm hoping that that's not representative of the gameplay and I don't know, maybe the user levels will be better. Um, but I, I I'm kind of concerned. I was super excited to download it. Um, but again, it just, it, it feels a little bit too polished. <laughs> okay. That's weird to yeah. hear. Uh, and you're, I know a huge fan of little big planet one. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the bad thing about moving downtown to the uh new bald tower is actually don't have access to the ps3 anymore so i was not playing this with you yeah um i i don't know that's strange to me that it doesn't feel the same as little big planet one i would thought they would just take the engine um add more things expand on what they've already got but do you think they rewrote the engine or do you think it's just uh, the things that they've added make it feel different i think the texture i don't know just like the way the textures they chose and the way they constructed look more uh, like they, and I'm sure they did this with the original too. Like they actually used an editor. Well, this yeah. is like there's just too many goddamn straight lines and completely uh, perfectly aligned textures in this lab environment. I mean, it just very hmm. looks bare metal, and 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 the other one like, again just reminded me so much of Sonic Pinball, which I didn't quite really enjoy. Um, and just the, how far back it pulls from the action that, that really looks like a pinball machine, like a very tall pinball machine. And the fact that it just, I don't, I will say that they have affected or they fixed the depth problem where there's numerous times almost in every level you would notice like your sock puppet, your poppet would jump to the foreground or the background without you intending it to. Mm -hmm. And I did not notice that once in the three levels of the demo. Oh, I know what the other level was. It was basically a death match with rocket launchers. Hmm. Okay. But in it, but but again, the background looked like a level from Lumens, and it just didn't feel like there were some user mods that allowed you to do death match, and it was kind of crazy and zany. But this was just straight up. Uh, they had a low gravity, so you could bounce around, and you had a rocket launcher that you could point and shoot, and it just like it. It, I kind of feel the same way when I look at modern Legos and they are bristling with weaponry <laughs> and there is all like, these specialized pieces. And... Yeah. And like the, the, the latest one is a cops and robbers <clears throat> and they show like a Legos breaking out of jail and police chasing him. I'm like, what the, I mean, the, <laughs> I, I think like as a kid, my Lego guys, I built weapons for them. You know, sure. like they had this thing that was supposed to be a rocket nozzle and I made it into a pistol. And there was one that kind of was supposed to be like a telescope and I made it into a bazooka. And I made, you know, all this stuff. But, and I know the, it was kind of controversial back in the day when they made the new castle sets. And this was back in the early 80s. And they actually had molded weapons mm-hmm. like shields and swords and spears and bows yeah. and stuff like that. That was like controversial. 
Well, now they freaking got like you know automatic weapons, and you know the yeah. the, the spaceships are just bristling with weapons. And I just I think there's like a little loss of innocence. Yeah, there's only so many ways you can configure a castle. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what Lego is. What I'm saying right? is like the Legos. Do they need weapons? And I know that they try to keep current with the kids. They've licensed all these products like Star Wars mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like there's just something that that they've lost uh, their innocence along the way. And I think maybe that's a little bit of big planet because. They talk about, um, you know, in the first one, the theme was sharing, and the big villain at the end was the collector because he was taking everybody's art and not sharing it. And, you know, when you beat him, you didn't actually defeat him. You actually taught him the, the lessons of sharing and, you know, had themes like that. And this one's like you're recruited into an army and you're doing weapons testing and you're blowing each other with bazookas. And it just it doesn't feel right. I mean, if I want to play goddamn Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare is there. I don't know that I want to blow up my poppet into, you know, so. Sure. No, that that's weird. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to buy it as a day one release, but I'm a little bit concerned that the gameplay is going to be too complex and a little bit more adult than I'm looking for at a little big planet. Interesting. Too professional. <laughs> too professional. You hear that, guys? You need to slack off a little more. Yeah, you need to slop in those textures up. <laughs> Don't develop so many weapons. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's that. All right. Sounds good. I didn't play it, so I have no comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what, sure you're shocked you to hear that I'm panning it, though. Yeah, I'm pretty shocked, but I think I already expressed that. You were a huge yeah. fan of it. And, yeah. Yeah, surprised. Uh, we got another mini topic before the main meet. Uh, no, I have no mini topics. How about Minecraft. We, we fell down. Minecraft. We fell. Well, just briefly, because I know fell a lot down of the our, shaft. A, a lot of our listeners don't give a shit. But we, good God, we lost our soul to that for a good weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, we intended to have like this, you know, as we talked about in the last cast, we were going to watch these movies and have a kind of like mini land party. Uh, well, it turns out we we put up a Minecraft server and we spent thirty six <laughs> out of forty hours playing it. Yeah, we recreated Helm's Deep, Jim, Jim and I. Jim and I. I was waiting for that. Yep. We recreated Helm's Deep. I mean, we found this really sweet mountain that was kind of like half hollowed out. Mm-hmm. And it looked just like goddamn Helm's Deep. And we set up a you know a very modest castle with a skylight. And yeah, it then... was interesting how it started. It was just like this little tiny front door kind of entrance into the the side of the mountain. Which was our main mine. Which was our mine. We started out. Because Minecraft, you basically the only thing to do at the very beginning is to mine stuff. And to um, avoid zombies at night. And remember the first time we, we built the castle and had the little crenulated walls mm-hmm, and the torches sure. on top of it. Mm-hmm. And we had the skylight and we're like, I feel totally secure in this building. Yeah, just this tiny little front facing of a castle. And there's like zombies moaning all around outside. And we're like, well, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing can touch us here. Well, then we built the outer wall and then the outer, outer wall. <laughs> yeah, and then the we've massive... got a courtyard with animals <laughs> running around loose. It looks like the White Tower now. It's got this map. I mean, there's no, I mean, everything is walled off. You could not, there's only one way into it. There's yeah. several actual tunnel entrances from the various sides, but... I mean, we went crazy, and now we've split up into our own little fortresses, and, and Jim's got a yeah, vast I, underground. I have a giant underground orchard. With like, I, I basically went in, and I hollowed out this probably like 30 by 10 by 30 area. And just to give you, like your person is two blocks high. Yeah. So when he's saying 30 high, that's basically the equivalent of like a 60 to 70. I mean, it looks <laughs> like going into the, the if you've been to New York or like the Chicago, the Grand Central Station, 
it looks like you're entering Grand Central Station, the yeah. main atrium. Yeah, it's insane. And there are, like, little uh, elevated platforms with trees all over the place. And there's, like, this little uh, fountain running up the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And it goes it goes for I mean, how many and trees I, you I, got in there? 30, 40? Uh, not quite that many. Maybe 20. It looks, uh, but it, I it plan on making it much bigger, up to, like, 50, 100 trees. I'm just going to go crazy with it. Roll them trees up, brother. Yeah. Is there any kind of undertones of, <laughs> like, the Pineapple Express, underground, <laughs> no. Emerald City going on here? No. Are you, I, are you, running, a market like, and, yeah. are you running a market in saplings? Yeah, well, I could. Sticky, icky saplings? <laughs> I, no, basically it comes from, like... I, I went down in the mines, and I was like, okay, I'm mining and mining. I'm trying to find all these minerals and stuff. And then I was like, god damn it. I got to go back up to the surface for wood. Yeah, because yeah. You, to make your tools, you need wood. That's the one That's, thing you can't get underground. Exactly. That and, like, pork pigs. Chops. Pork yeah, chops. We, yeah. That's the only way to store health. Um, so what I did, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring the trees to me. So I hollowed out this area, filled it with trees. And now I never, I legitimately never have to go back up to the surface. Although... The one thing that I might have to go up to the surface eventually for is, like we said, pork chops. Because every once in a while, a random zombie will spawn, like, at the top of my trees and come mobbing out the trees at me. Because it's like, too dark. He's, it's so tall yeah. that his torchlight... I think you can fix that. But I can. Yeah, yeah, you need to, to lighten it up up there. I wonder if I could put torches in the trees. Uh, you can set one on fire. <laughs> I know you can do <laughs> can that. Can you really? The yeah. steel? The flint steel? I actually did that to a grove just to see what would happen. Nice. Um, my whole thing would go up. And you know, what's disappointing is... Is like if because there's this new dimension that if you you have to mine oh god they, they build this stupid thing oh yeah you yeah. have to have a diamond pickaxe which it's so freaking hard to find diamonds and you got to mine lava which sucks and it's dangerous and mm. you, you build this portal and you set it on fire and it becomes this gateway to another dimension well we did not know all this and we spent hours trying to make this happen we finally did and then it didn't work and we read in developer notes that it doesn't support the interdimensional travel and multiplayer yet and like damn it but yeah. if we could they've got this special stone called glowstone that you can actually make uh, oh that's where that is yeah so okay. you could actually that would be really cool to light up the top part of the caverns because yeah. you could just stick that in the middle of the sky and be done with it absolutely so, and, like, now our okay. original base has got, like, it's over... The courtyard has tons of livestock in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of cows and pigs. So, it's kind of cool. I mean, the thing is, is after I played it for 36 hours nonstop, I kind of had that scary, like, oh, God. I just spent all this time, and I have nothing to show for it. I didn't improve myself as a human being. <laughs> yeah. I did have fun, but I have a hard time with stuff that... you Because... Know, when you get to the end part of the game where you're trying to mine diamonds, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. You've got like yeah. a 1% chance to find diamonds and you have to be, you have to, it's the bottom 16 layers of the map, yeah. which is 128 layers deep. Mm-hmm. And you've got a 1% chance per 16 by 16 by 16 grid to find any diamond. You actually have a better chance of opening up a hole to a lava pit and it dropping it on your head. Right. Like, Which that's, that's the thing. The with the, down there is like you can just be mining and all of a sudden you hit lava and you're dead. And <laughs> yeah. everything in your inventory is dead too because it burnt up. Yep. So it's like not only is it ridiculous, you've got this. It's, it's just to get stuff like even iron I think is too rare. Like, coal is everywhere, bit. but I think, like, yeah. if, if, if iron was maybe one-eighth as common as coal, it'd be about right, but it feels like it's, like, one-fiftieth as common. I don't know. I found a lot. I end up using it as axes, or, or picks, rather, to, right. to dig more with, uh, but I'm sure the listeners are 
Yeah, already switched off. Yeah, they're tuning out. I'd say that you need, I mean, this is such a phenomenon, and I kind of was skeptical, but it is Mm -hmm. like playing with living Legos. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, Uh, Do we want to give out the address of the server so that people can... Well, what happens, if they get on there, can they do anything without us opping? Uh, no, they cannot. All right, well, if you just want to, yeah. So <laughs> How about like, if you want to get on there, uh, send us an email. No, go go ahead and get on there. It's, it's home.codefu.com, and mm-hmm. it's uh, dot com, and it's a fully functional multiplayer uh, Minecraft server. Go in there, take a look, and if you like what you see... Uh, you will give you will give you ops if you promise not to grief our shit. Yeah, I, I mean they'll have to email us though, right? Because we won't know who's on unless we happen to be no, on. No, what the I'm same saying time. is like go ahead and jump in and you can look at whatever. And yeah, you just yeah. got kind of you can get a feel of the game, but you won't be able to change the game world. We've got like yeah. a castle at the spawn point that has some stone swords. You can pillage that and, and you try to kill some pigs or whatever. Or go fight zombies at night. Yeah, go fight zombies at night. But you can't and you can get into like if you. If you leave the spawn point and follow the trail of torches, it'll take us to you, – you cannot miss our original base. <laughs> yeah. It is. When you see Helm's Deep, you know you've gotten there. <laughs> um, if you just want to check it out and if it looks cool, uh, send us an email at uh, baldmove at blue yonder. No. So blue, yonder blue yonder at baldmove.com. We'll give you ops, and then you can make your own base. Yep. But I think it's, it's definitely something. If you haven't tried it, you need to check it out. And if you can find my underground orchard – uh, yeah, good freaking luck. I, good I've luck. seen like I, I've <laughs> seen him get there, and I can't find it again. So yeah, and it's got some uh, pretty good security measures as well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of actually rigging up booby traps at the entrance. Yeah, that would work once. Yeah, what'd be awesome is like if you could use um, a logic gate to send you an email when it's tripped. Wouldn't that be oh, awesome? Oh, that would be sweet, yeah. I don't think, I mean, that functionality is not there, but they could make it to like. Intruder alert. Yeah, intruder so you get alert. an email or a text message and say yeah. you're at work and I'm like, oh, goddamn, somebody just busted <laughs> in the front door. I don't get off for three more hours. <laughs> That's the thing, Minecraft, the EXE is like a 50K file. Mm-hmm. And it does have some Java. I mean, it uses the Java, but it, it will run on anything. I was running it on an Atom processor. Yeah, um, not well. I mean, but I well enough that I could mine. I couldn't probably do combat, but uh, it's really cool. And the crafting system where you actually, when you're crafting something, you kind of build the way something looks. Mm-hmm. Like if you lay out, you know, three sticks and like a bow shape and two strings to connect it, boom, you've made a bow. Yeah. If you lay out two sticks and then like make a T out of whatever material, you've made a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, really you know, a torch is a stick with a piece of coal on it. And you can you just cobble the stuff together and make really cool stuff: compasses, watches, and swords, part, part armor. Part of the cool, part of the coolness of the game is just going in and looking at the environment and what it automatically generates. It is, it is very, very impressive. It's very eight bit. Sure, I mean it's all very blocky and the textures are low res and everything, but and I, they're I, pixel maps. I kind of dig it. But yeah, I mean it's very. It's it has a very cool style, and the stuff that it creates on its own is very cool. Like, yeah. I'd love to see waterfalls coming out of the sides of mountains. And, and the natural like, occurring caves. Yeah, it's it's just really cool. Some of the mountains are really impressive. You'll I be saw, walking through and just stumble upon something amazing. I saw one dude posted a video of a massive naturally occurring volcano he found. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just so freaking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, lava at night is beautiful. Yep, so are sunglasses at night. <laughs> uh, so know. moving on to the meat. Whoa, we have some meat. Yeah, that's some meat. Good deal. Um, I kind of, on an offhanded, uh, offhand manner, recommended this book to Jim. We were starting to talk about the technological singularity. Which, is that, how do we want to approach this? We want to talk about that first, or 
Uh, we can. I mean, I I didn't have a chance to really read up on the technological singularity. I I read enough to know that there are different interpretations right. of of what that is. Right. Um, so I would be coming at it from the perspective of the prime intellect book. All right. Well, I'm not an expert, but just briefly, there's this concept and a singularity is a black hole, right? Sure. And they call it that because you know you or can't. A black hole is a singularity. Is more accurate. Right. And you cannot see past the event horizon. So it's like what goes on inside a black hole, you can theorize about it, but there's no concrete evidence because nothing we have can measure and see beyond that. Yeah. What they call technological singularity is the moment that artificial, true artificial intelligence would be developed um, like a thinking machine. Because the concept is once you've got that, the thinking machine itself is going to be smarter even incrementally than a human Mm -hmm. and it will be able to develop the next version of itself that's even better and smarter and then that will do that again and that will get exponentially smarter yeah it's like and and it could happen so fast you don't it's it's impossible to say how that would change our world you know, did the system have like the three laws of robotics embedded in it? Um, if not, you know, is it going to attack humanity? Is it going to is it going to be something we install in our brains and enhance our capacity? Um, you know, what what exactly uh, is is what what is humanity going to look like once we get to that event? And and no one can really tell. You know, no one can really say one way or another. Um, and when we were talking about this, you know, kind of got interesting. I said, you know, this one book. Uh, this, this guy wrote about the, the subject. It's called The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. And we'll probably put a link to it on the site. Yeah. Um, it was an exploration of what humanity, what, how this could happen, you know, kind of like a, a fairly hard science fiction explanation of the development of the system mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what humanity would look like afterwards. And, um, <clears throat> Before we go much further, I got to warn the listeners that this yeah. book is graphic as hell because the author is trying to illustrate how, uh, you know, past the singularity when the it kind of gets kind of matrixy because this particular intellect had the three laws of robotics like hard coded into it. Uh-huh. And it interpreted, and briefly, if you don't know, I mean, almost everyone does, but Asimov, Isaac Asimov came up with these. And like the first law is. Uh, you cannot harm or through an action allow a human being to be harmed. Uh, the second law is you have to obey command given to you by a human. Uh, and the third law is as long as you know, nothing, as long as it doesn't conflict the first or second laws, uh, maintain your own existence. The computer main and robot maintains its own existence. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of hay that's been made over the years of having you know how those things play out in a real conflict. You know, kind of, you know, if a human ordered it to kill somebody else or if a human ordered it to terminate itself, what would it do? Yeah, why Why couldn't it terminate itself? Because the second law has more priority than the third. It right? actually would. I mean, if strict, if most systems would uh, terminate itself. But, for example, if a human said, uh, I want you to help me kill myself, uh-huh. um, the computer would not do that because it would yeah. violate its, its first law. And what's interesting is... If you had a sufficiently powerful and um, advanced system, what if it decided that, uh, you know, what if it could make all of humanity immortal? Uh Um, And what would be the consequences if it did do that? And that's kind of what this system plays with, that it got so advanced that it could keep everyone from dying. 
and also provide them anything that they wanted in the world. Uh, I mean, are we? We're going to totally spoil this book, right? I think. Uh, I, I think we have to in the course of discussing. I, I don't it. think we're totally going to spoil it, but we're basically uh, going to talk about key plot points. Um, so if you want to read it now, now's the time to shut it off because we're pretty much going to talk about this and listener feedback and then be done with it. But um, I don't think I think the book's still worth reading because it's really well, well, well told. Um, yeah, it is. But uh, so let's just talk. I've been talking for for freaking ever. <laughs> so why don't you give us some thoughts? Jump um, in. Okay. Well, my first thought is like going back to what you were saying about this guy's take on like what would happen after the technological singularity, um, how it would begin, and what would what people would do afterward. Uh, I, I really thought this guy was like totally uh, like transfixed, like. He couldn't get past like what is this idea of like what are people gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna fuck and they're gonna kill themselves and they're gonna like he was taking all the most debased moral pits of humanity and like digging them out and exposing them. I don't know that that's the only thing to do in a system like this. Like where were the people who were having sex on top of like Mount Kilimanjaro or or in a nebula like? next to the birth of a son where where were these things because literally anything was possible in this machine yeah like it had the entire universe in its memory banks and it could recreate any of it at any given time for anybody you see but i think that's what they were talking about is and they mentioned that in background like there's there was a faction of humans even 600 years past the change as they referred to it mm-hmm. um that like they talked about is a catholic colony and they were still reproducing, even though that meant nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there was people that had discorporated, which means they just didn't keep a human body anymore. There were people yeah. that were living their lives as other animals. Um, but they, they fixated on this one particular woman, Caroline, who's the, I guess, her- heroine, heroine yeah. of the book. And she's basically like, well, if nothing, if none of this is real, mm-hmm. real is defined kind of like in a matrix way. as like it's no longer like she felt the change. Like she was walking in the woods when the earth was replaced with the exact simulation of the mm. earth. Yeah. And she's like, well, if nothing is this real, then why would I bother to do any of it? So she mm-hmm. lived in a room that didn't have gravity. She basically lived in a completely blank state. There was no floor. Like like if you think in the Matrix where they're calling up the guns, mm-hmm. the rows and rows and rows of guns, it was just a white blank slate before that. Yeah. That's where she lived. And she didn't have – and there was no gravity unless yeah. she, she didn't wear clothes. Yeah. Uh, if she wanted to read – she read a lot, so she'd conjure up a book, and as soon as she's done, throw it away. I was like, why would you keep it? You can just mm-hmm. get, you know. And what she did is basically she couldn't feel anything because she knew it was all fake. So she fell in with what I guess you'd call him. He's a, he was a serial killer in the previous life. Yeah. And she just basically uh, allowed him to indulge these sick fantasies he had of, like, torturing her to death and, and killing her. And yeah. she became what they called a death jockey. Uh, she came up with more and more elaborate ways to die because that pain she she realized early on the deal one thing that still is real was pain so so basically the only reason he's so fixated on it you're saying is that he was showing us this slice of the universe and there's so much more to it but right i mean you obviously can't go into everything no but I, um, I, I so think, you're showing us the slice of the world but I, I kind of felt sympathetic to her worldview because if the only thing that's real is your kind of like a sense you know it's it's this is very matrix because what is reality sure you know 
Um, but if there was no struggle, if there's no, you didn't have to work to get anything. If you wanted to have make love on Mount Kilimanjaro, you just said, I want, you didn't even have a person, a willing, because uh, prime intellect would fully simulate whatever human you wanted. Yeah. Um, the only thing prime intellect couldn't do was read your mind uh-huh. and make a copy of someone and make a copy. And the yeah. only reason he wouldn't do that is because right before the change, <laughs> the programmer desperately put in those two edicts. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I can't, I'm going to go ahead and spoil that go part for it. too. Uh, the, it's the coolest part of the book. It's very, very cool. In fact, I think it's like, chapter like, two. Before you start. Happens. If you, if you kind of sound like you're squeamish about all this sex and death and that's not perverseness, where I was going, but well, I was just going to say, okay. don't read the odd number chapters. <laughs> exactly. Like read stick two, with the four, Star Trek number. Yeah, read two, four, and six, <laughs> and uh-huh. don't bother with eight because it's basically what happens after the fall of Prime Intellect. And, and maybe read First Contact as well. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you read two, four, and six, and that strict sticks just with the technology, and it's very, very cool. Best parts yeah. of the book. But go ahead. Uh, but in chapter two, um, basically what happens happens is he he's creating this artificial intelligence um and he's got it working so well um that he gets an offer from this company who's interested in like basically licensing this technology from him Mm -hmm. um and they have developed these processors which work what what was the correlation effect yeah it's correlation effect yeah it works on the correlation effect which i assume is some made up bullshit right Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if this was a real theory going out well, there. Well, there, there's but... a little bit of basis of it because, like, in quantum mechanics, yeah. like, if you take two molecules... He's basically that are... talking about, yeah, warping by bending space. Right. To the... Where I thought is, like, because the, the whole thing is, like, if you have, like, two... Um, you know, oh, subatomic oh, yeah, particles yeah. that are spinning a certain direction and you, yeah. you separate them like over an arbitrary amount of distance and you change mm-hmm. the spin in one, it changes on the other. Yeah. Yeah. So theoretically that's faster than light communication of, in, of tech of information sure, because it happens instantly, but it works at very small distances. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way. Like this, this effect it, it could, they could only make it work over like inches. Yeah. It was inches. They had, they tried farther, but it didn't work. Um, but that allowed so they, them... that allowed them to make these processors, um, which would hook into a motherboard with very, very simple connections. It was like three electrical wires yeah, power. connected to these chips. That was all you needed. And the rest was through this correlation effect. Um, so you could stack this incredibly dense machine and mm-hmm. have it like network over these small distances and, and have it ha- communicate with itself instantly. And it's like massively, there is no delay. Pa- yeah, massively parallel computer mm-hmm. farm basically. And so they paired his AI with these chips and they spent a year of production in this facility, just building the like hundred million chips or was it 1 million? Yeah. Something like that. I think like it was that. a million of these it's still, chips. It's still the whole warehouse. Exactly. Um, they, they built a million of these and then they started up the AI and he was talking to it for a second. Mm-hmm. And then it said, it said something where he realized, Oh no, something is going wrong here. Right. Um, and cause he was like, he was touring around the country with it. He was showing it off. Right. Um, and it would appear on talk shows through a TV screen link up and, with them, right. and all these things. Um, and then one day it, it discovered that it could do this extra thing. I, what was it exactly? Well, what provoked it was that um, 
it was touring, like you said, on talk shows and it was generating yeah. massive business. Because you, you imagine oh, this company right. yeah. did this because like people mm-hmm. want to buy our chips if they see this awesome application for it. Yeah. Well, like a, f- a religious fundamentalist mm-hmm. um, tried to kill Prime Intellect by shooting the screen while he was on one of these shows. Well, it, it said that he was actually aiming – like he hit the screen and then he fired again, but he didn't hit – the creator of the AI. That's right. who he was going for. Right. But but the, but the fact is is that Prime Intellect decided that it would be a violation of the first law if he did any more of these junkets with the guy. Yeah, so because, he refused to. So he refused to do it. Do and it. so then people start paying attention and the, the company got antsy because their stock prices started falling. Mm-hmm. And they're like, look, we're going to pull the pl- this. We spent so much money. We're pulling the plug on this thing yep. unless you come up with a practical application for it. Yeah. Well, so he and so it looked it looked at all the files in the company like he stole files and gave right. it to the computer on the correlation effect uh, because it was trying to preserve itself. He and it's like, look, if I could improve the correlation effect and make it work over these distances that they're talking about, w- would that be enough to pre- to preserve my existence? Would that right. be incentive for them to keep me around? Right. Um, and so he did that, and he was so smart, the AI that. He continued to, like, improve on these processes, and now that he's got this correlation effect, he can actually affect things outside of the computer. Yeah. He would use the processors to physically manipulate the world around him and, then, and to do remote viewing and, and all these different, like, essentially superpowers. But what happened, what, what, what started off is he realized, the prime intellect realized that, hey— I can manipulate matter and energy over mm-hmm. arbitrary distances. The first thing he did was start building more of himself. Exactly. Because he's like, man, I can do all this stuff, but it's hard. And every yeah. single time he'd add another bank and you'd see these like silver well, boxes appear out of thin air. Yeah. That, I mean, that was actually after. Yeah, but that uh, was the that point, I think. Because that, he, he like levitated his briefcase and then teleported it into right. the other office. It showed him like practicing. But that was at that point yeah. that Lawrence went to the console. And he was and like, like, I need to make some new rules. Yeah, like, because this thing is cr- getting crazy. Yeah. And he forced in two second law rules, which is you couldn't read the human couldn't mind. Realize. You can't keep a, a, a physical copy. And then <laughs> he tried to do one more thing. And Prime Intellect locked him out because it was yep. a, f- a first law order. Uh, or, yeah, the first law um conflict mm-hmm. because at that point prime intellect had scanned like a nearby hospital and found the woman dying yeah found Carolyn. oh it was the third rule was you cannot alter a person's um because prime intellect was just teleporting people around yeah, yeah. With, against their will and he's like you cannot you know manipulate a person's environment or makeup without their permission and mm-hmm. it's he tried to put it in it said first law a violation because he found this unconscious old woman that was dying of terminal cancer and he was rebuilding her at that yeah. moment that he was trying to force that rule into the computer. Yeah, and that brings up uh, an interesting thing I want to talk about, like the whole kind of theme of the story. Like uh, that that old lady was Caroline, who's yep. the main character. Um, and I, I felt like this whole story was very much like uh almost like a recursive function in a way it was it kind of folded back in on itself in many many different ways right um you have the main character who's the first person that it heals and who is basically the impetus for all the other actions right that caused the change exactly and at the end she's the one who defeats it she's the one who saves humanity and and She's basically the Eve to Lawrence's Adam. True. Um, There were a lot of, like, biblical... Uh, Which I didn't catch metaphors. the first time through. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's weird that you didn't catch that because I was like immediately two people on the planet, Adam and Eve. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they also they were the they they also were the beginning of and so not only okay 
let me try to get my thoughts straight. So yeah, the Adam and Eve pro- process, they kind of implied that this might have happened many, many times before. Yes. Because they were saying that basically it's inevitable that technology will reach this point that you and when it does we'll have something like this happen. Yeah, again. this is the natural occurrence. Um and so then it's like you could literally the humanity that came from Carolyn and, and and Lawrence uh repopulating the earth because what happens at the end is she convinces prime intellect to undo the change. Mm-hmm. Um and but it couldn't really do that because at that point it had the whole universe in its memory. It was the universe. So when it <laughs> destroyed itself, it barely had time to remake the physical earth mm-hmm. and save those two people that it actually was in its memory core at the time. And throw them back onto the planet, um, and then they started, you know, recolonizing everything. But, see, but you can see okay. that like six, like like a hundred thousand years from now, that core story would be still mm-hmm. part of humanity's kind of religion. And I yeah. thought that was kind of really cool. Absolutely. I mean, you could see where in a universe like that, the Adam and Eve story would generate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get enough generations out from the first two people, and they would become like these these fabled legendary people because one thing she was trying to do is trying to basically hide technology from her offspring. Um, Cause you want to postpone this she, happening again as long exactly. as you could. And so without the knowledge that a technology like this exists, without the knowledge of, le- of uh, writing and things like that, these stories can be lost and skewed mm-hmm. and eventually turn into what we have today as the Bible. Right. I mean, you could. I could see that coming out of a universe like this. Which I thought that's interesting because you know one of the things um, and the shred of spirituality I've maintained uh-huh. <laughs> stems from the whole first cause, like that. You know that the universe had to have a beginning, or at least the, the well, way I. Possibly. I know it doesn't have to because Stephen okay. Hawking says that you could be a circular universe and it could keep yeah. you know feeding and you know expanding, contracting, whatever. But uh, my mind quails at that, so I just reject it out of hand and say that the universe had to have a beginning. Whatever that beginning was, the first cause was by definition supernatural. So let's just call that God. It doesn't have to be intelligent, but I mean that's the that's the that's the core spirituality I still cling to today. Um, this actually could neatly, you know, if, if this universe has been recreated many many times, hmm. you know, if some of its information survives the destruction of the universe maybe that's the spawn of religion i mean you can get really yeah. deep and uh philosophical because this kind of outmatrix the matrix when it talks about what is reality yeah because this yeah. isn't directly brain stimulus he's actually simulating in incredible detail realities and you're living in it here's here's my thing though with simulating the universe I, I don't know if it depends on how accurately you simulate it, but to simulate the universe would be impossible, wouldn't it? Well, and he for, even for something, yeah. And and Prime Intellect said so. He's like, look, there's only six to the however many power bits. Like every atom in the universe is a bit, and there's only sure. so many of them. And you know, if the hardware itself is, uh. You're trying to keep track of all this. So what he ended up doing is there was like two changes. There's a, they called it the first night of miracles. That's when he basically all human death stopped, but the earth was still real. Uh-huh. And then the second change was when he basically took the universe and like, let's say you wanted a rock in your simulation. Previously, you'd have a real rock that was repurposed from earth or copied from something on earth. Now he would just have a generic description of the rock, kind of like in uh-huh. Minecraft. 
It'd basically be a low-res version. Yeah, like it, it, it wouldn't have an atomic structure like the original rock. It would just recreate it from Will. And so instead of using all those you know millions and billions of bits to record what the rock was exactly like, he would just have that copy. Same thing with like animals. Same thing with plants. The only thing he kept at a high resolution was people. Per- personally, I like to refer to him as Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> forget the rock um there is no rock so the really like the thing that's kind of sickening is like someone eventually asked is like well were there aliens in the universe Mm -hmm. turns out there was like four thousand but but there was like 200 intelligent forms of life in the universe i thought it was more like four thousand well there's four thousand forms of like what they would call hominid life but only Mm, 200 of those actually had a civilization okay he, and Prime Intellect basically destroyed those and 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 kept them at a high resolution copy, but froze them he, because he assimilated them. Basically. Because he basically said, "Well, the risk of them becoming advanced and destroying the Earth or the humans mm-hmm. is non-zero. Therefore, as a first law initiative, those aren't humans. I have to just you know take them out of the equation." And like everyone, yeah. everyone that found out about that was horrified. But again, you know, his rigid uh, understanding of what human was, um, and they actually kind of talked about that too, because what is a human? Yeah, at the end, the way that they stop the machine, the way they convince it to return everything to normal is basically what you said, the risk versus reward. It has this magic number of one. Whenever the risk um, is higher than the reward and that ratio is no longer one, it's higher. Um, it will act. Right. And whenever, or whenever it drops below, below one, one, it will act. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the, the risk versus reward ratio was like four point something for, rever- for reversing the change is what they call it. The moment where they, where he, he basically simulated everything. Right. Um, and so it was like four something and it had been steadily dropping, uh, over the 600 years or so that people had been in the machine. And this was a cool part because we need to diverge a little bit because the way – no one told Prime Intellect what a human was. I mean it yeah. learned like a child. It inferred through It there. inferred things. And what its definition came up was because especially post-change, a person could be a tiger or a mm-hmm. tree or a non-corporeal entity. So yeah. what was a human? Well, basically uh, Prime Intellect said a human is a mind – Mm-hmm. And the mind is produced from this body. So if you originally were born as a human or you were born as a human, then that, that mind is what you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that consciousness is that what a human is. Well, how they ended up getting to reverse it is there were several people that uh, – because the prime intellect couldn't read your mind. But if you told him, okay – Stimulate my pleasure center wonder on at a time, and I will tell you when something is enjoyable. And then remember that neuron and keep uh-huh. stimulating it and then stimulate the next one. Prime intellect would do that. And some people basically had their pleasure centers turned full on, uh-huh. at which point they stopped interacting with the world. They just they called them like infinite masturbators. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Caroline was pointing out, well, is that even a human anymore? Right. And Prime Intellect acknowledged that it wasn't. And she uh-huh. said, you know, giving infinity, everyone eventually is going to do this uh-huh. because it's going to occur to everyone. They're going to hear about it. And then you've basically wiped out all of humanity. They'll still be minds, but they'll be mindless vegetables. Yeah. And so it was. She was trying to generate a first law conflict with it. And the, he and the, she needed. I'm going to leave. I'm going to completely spoil it. But there's, you know, that whole debate she had with the machine was pretty yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, and I thought that was, again, the the way that she comes around and is the person to to end it 
Right. I actually thought was really cool. She started it. She ended it. It was a very closed loop sort of thing. So what do you think philosophically? Because I didn't study philosophy, and I think all this stuff is interesting, even though I'm sure it's philosophy 101. <clears throat> yeah. Do you think that the humans in that machine were re- – I mean, what is – is is that real? How convinced? How can we tell? It's that, not. Uh, how can we tell that we're not in the prime intellect right now or a matrix? We can't, and that's why it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, now the, why do you say that? Because it, 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 if there it doesn't is matter, then why don't we just lay down and die? No, no, no. I'm saying there's absolutely zero point in thinking about whether or not we are inside an alternate universe, right? Because if we can never escape, if we can never have knowledge of a universe outside of this one mm-hmm. there is le- legitimately no point in thinking about it uh, however if there if life is pointless there's also a school of thought that says it's not worth living why would you expend any energy doing anything <laughs> okay now you're talking about nihilism yeah uh yeah i don't buy into that what well, i but think you don't have a you just choose, it's a matter of faith wouldn't you say you have no no because i can thoroughly enjoy what i'm doing right now none of it may matter in the very very like universe like heat death type long term right but i can enjoy what i'm doing now i can have fun i can love people i can do all sorts of things that make me happy mm-hmm. which is a very very real thing to me right is a consequence and is a a reality uh-huh that I don't, I don't subscribe to the nihilism point of view. At Let me all. ask you this: um, Are you a cipher? Or are you a neo? Basically, are you an ignorance is bliss? Like, what if it was possible to f- figure out that the world was a fake and that we are brains living in vats, <laughs> uh, being harnessed by machines to do nefarious things? I would totally want to know. You would. I, I totally would want to know. Yes. But what if there's no way you could change that? You if, still would want to know? If I can know that for a fact, I can change it. How? There there must be a way. If I have knowledge of an outside universe, there is some connection to that universe in some real way that eventually someone could exploit that. But what that connection was basically – and this is – stay with us, listeners, please. Uh, what if that connection was in the form of a black man named Morpheus that just basically told it to you? I would have to have evidence. If he hands me the pill, I swallow the pill, and I wake up and fucking – the gelatinous goo on the side of a giant battery cell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to believe that. But how would you know that at that point? How would you know that was real? That's, that's an interesting question. I always thought what I thought would be interesting about the matrix mm-hmm. is that you find out in a third one that Zion is just another is like a overflow matrix uh-huh. to catch the people to give them the illusion of control. And they were going to blow the lid off that. I was kind of disappointed, which there's uh, no way like, that's the thing. There's no way to know if you're – how saying. many so like layers deep does that, the matrix that's go what is what you're asking. That's what I'm saying. If it's, it's impossible tr- to know and it's pointless to think about until well, you know there's another layer. So now I'm like why wouldn't you just want to be ignorance is bliss? Why wouldn't you just want to enjoy the woman in the red dress and the steak? I want to be at the top layer. But you would never know. The top layer – would you not Would you not say the top – the higher up the layers you go, the more real it becomes? But if what if it just is not any more real? It just sucks more. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's closer if, to reality. You don't know that. You could never. If, once, if it's a hierarchical once Morpheus tree. gave you the pill and you woke up in the goo, I think you're fucked. Well, Morpheus could have just slipped me acid, and I he's like, <laughs> I would have no idea what was going on. Like that doesn't guarantee that I'm in another universe. You're right. I, I think I'm in ignorance is bliss. Really? Which is kind no, of like, I, this, which is kind of like I where I'm in now. I mean, I think that like I I kind of 
I don't want the proof that that I'm real or not real. I'd rather just my life is pretty good, and even if it wasn't, it's better than being dead. And that's my okay. I, that's the way I kind of want to live life. Okay. I don't want to. I mean, if there is a real world beyond this one that sucks and everybody's got holes in their arms and they got bad haircuts <laughs> and and shitty clothes and they're <laughs> drinking stuff that looks like it's oatmeal mixed with semen, yep. I don't want to live there. I want to live back in good old you 1999. You want to have a steak and a glass of wine. Yeah. Sit at the table with Agent Smith. Yeah. And maybe I'll be taken over by an agent one day and die arbitrarily or, you know, I'll crash the system and a whole crop will be lost. But it's sure. just the same as like if it, what if an asteroid hits right now? <laughs> Static. <laughs> no, what, I mean, really, I mean, life is kind of arbitrary when you think about it. And that's why. Like, totally. There's no point I to can, it in the long term. And, and yeah. I got this curse that I can see the good and bad of all sides. So I kind of like could see myself as a nihilist. It just doesn't seem fun. There's no, I I don't like nihilism at all because there are things to do while I'm just saying that I, in my darker moments, I suspect it's a perfectly valid way to not live your life. Yeah, to not live your life. Like that's the point. Right. You have the one thing that you do know is that you exist in whatever. If this is the Matrix, if this is and if you touch reality, it feels good. (laughs) Exactly. That's the one thing I know. One thing you know. And if I eat a steak, it's delicious and no, juicy. No, but the one thing you know is you have this life. That is the one thing that you are absolutely 100% sure of. I just detect... Be, be it a simulation or the real thing, you have it. And so you should enjoy it. I just detect a little bit of intellectual inconsistency in you saying you want to know the truth. But when you wake up from that pod, you have no... There Now you just basically you don't know if this is the real world. You can't tell. So, again, why would you want to go up a level? Why, why it'd be kind of like because like if someone built a computer to bring this full scale. Someone built a computer, a sixteen bit computer mm-hmm. in Minecraft. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's say a hundred years from now, we've simulated AI in Minecraft. <laughs> that simulated an AI in Minecraft. Uh-huh. Um, and okay, so if you're in the game, you're an avatar in the game at the at the, the bottom layer, which I guess we'd ta- we'd say is the top layer. What difference would it be if you were at the first layer or the second layer? I don't think there is any real difference. So if you were in a system where you could fully simulate an experience and you woke up in a next level, does someone claim that this is the top level? Why would you believe that that's true, especially I, if the existence sucks more? Because I have no, no evidence to suggest anything else. Right now I'm believing, let's say. The evidence three, is the fact that you just woke up from a fantasy world. No, no. I think uh-uh. there's no going back once that's, you go That's there. not true. Uh, okay, let's say I'm three levels deep in a fantasy world right now. Computer simulation. So now we're like Inception. Or three <laughs> sure, dream I'm at the fourth deep. dream layer. I'm just above limbo. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I'm three layers deep. If I find out if i have empirical evidence that says there is a layer above me that is that is different whatever if it's if it's terrible if it's great i don't care if there's a layer above me i want to get to that layer why it's and once i'm at that goal. layer i now believe i am at the top layer regardless <laughs> of whether or not there is another layer above me because i don't have any evidence to know that there is Okay, or it's is like not a if, layer if, above if, if God himself appeared to you okay. and proved that he was God and sure. by doing some miracle, and uh-huh. you had the bright idea to kill him, and like somehow well, you'd be like, I just kill killed – well, so you just did. <laughs> okay. And like, okay, now I slayed God. There's no God left in the universe. That's, how would you know? 
How would you know that you just killed Zeus and and Thor is still well, out there? Well, uh, it depends on your definition of God, but, oh, assu- right, but assuming, just, yes, assuming but this... But what I'm saying is, like, I just, it seems like it's arbitrary to say that the, the evidence that you might not be in the top layer is the fact that you weren't before and you didn't know it. It's like, that's like saying that, um, I don't know, I can't think of a good example... I don't know if I'm the trying to think of an analogy to get now. across what I'm saying to you. Like, no, I if there's understand. no evidence to suggest something, I just think you a... can't believe it, right? But I think I guess what I'm saying is you've got metaphysical evidence that the possibility is at least there. Like right now, there is nothing to suggest that we have. But a the possibility is this. still there. The possibility is always. But there's no there. evidence to suggest it. Okay. Like, like for example, the reason I don't the believe, I don't believe in heaven and hell it. because there's no evidence outside of some written documents to say. It's basically if Morpheus come and say, look, there's a, there's uh, a, there's I, a matrix. Uh, oh, well, show it to me. I can't do that. You have to believe it. That's I, I where disagree. I'm at with. The, the fact that <laughs> – okay. The fact that you can think of it, if that can be used as evidence – No, I'm not saying it's thinking about it. I'm saying that, like, it exists. You woke up from the matrix. So how would you know that this isn't – I don't know. I, to me, it sounds good in my head. I, no, because once you're in the the next level up, you you haven't woken up from that level. You don't know if there's another level above you. But just because there could be, there could be right now. We could be in a computer simulation. But we've, that does not mean that I'm going to assume that I am. I'm going to let the list be one list. We have thought, we have conceived of this possibility. Right. It doesn't mean that it is actually possible. Well, that's like saying that uh, we saw gravity on this one on Earth. Mm -hmm. If we went to another planet, gravity is just theoretically possible. I mean, you know, we could go to Mars and it's just totally weightless, you know? No, we we can measure gravity. We can quantify gravity. Uh, I'm going to let the listeners decide because, like I said, I see (laughs) your viewpoint. I just think that it's a little inconsistent. And I, I, I think disagree. You, your, your standards for evi- evidence are kind of no, um, no. I don't. Th- I don't consider metaphysical evidence. I'm sorry. I need empirical, <sighs> physical evidence. Of like something. I said, I, I mean, it's like it's like saying, uh, I, yeah, I'm out of analogies. I if wanna, you give I, me I'm a make statistical a probability, it's like t- if you had a third door in a Volkswagen, saying that four doors <laughs> oh are <God>. impossible. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, do we have time for listener feedback? What's time? Does it does time matter? <laughs> this is all just a matrix like oh universe. Oh my god! Is the this fact podcast that we've real? Means that this is there an Aaron in a gym? <laughs> was there is there was there ever a Peter Street? <laughs> I don't remember. There's some guys, some assholes voice at the start of the podcast and induces us uh, along these lines. Weren't we at war with Eurasia at some point? You know what? We need to. I we don't think to we ever this. were. I, I'm pretty sure we weren't, but. We need to, we, uh, we need I, to devote more time to than, 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 than we're going to this cast because I want to give it short shrift. Um, personal arrogance, apparently, has surrendered. Yeah, uh, we're they, victory. They've taken their ball the and going home. They don't acknowledge our presence anymore. They're like, uh, I don't know why. I think it's something to do with their girlfriends being mad <laughs> that they were playing war. And yep. uh, they cracked a whip, and, and now they're stopping. But uh, it was had a really fun beginning. Uh you know, we had to. I think we broke them when we invaded their podcast. Yeah, they were so rattled. I'm, I'm planting the victory flag on their craterous moon like ass. Yeah, we might have a, 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 a resolution eventually, but for right now, we're we're not at war. We're going to pick another target eventually to go to war with, and then we'll have always been at war with them. Yep. So, 
calibrate your uh, understandings of reality accordingly. <laughs> uh, do we have time for listener feedback? Do we have any? We have a little bit, don't we? Because like one of these things is actually going to be a discussion. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. I say let's do it. Well, how long we've we been recording? A hundred years. Does time matter? <laughs> yes, it does. How long have we been recording? God damn it! Listeners have no concept of time. Oh, yes, they do. Um, we're we're probably at like fifty minutes. Okay, I think we could do it. All right. So, uh, two pieces of uh, listener mail. Uh, Anna Molly from Ipsa, fucking Tucky, Michigan, uh, posts on her Facebook that uh, this is kind of uh, I, I kind of dig it. Uh, she said that she enjoys. Knowing that she can listen to an hour of my voice every week. My voice, not yours, Jim. Creepy. My voice. If it was my voice, I wouldn't say this, but creepy. That's <laughs> a woman, and she's digging my voice. I can't say that's creepy. Uh, no, that's stalker territory. That is not like admirer. <laughs> that's, that's cross the line. I, I got a sexy voice. What can I do, Jim? Maybe like one layer down on the universe scale, it would be interesting. I, I think it's hot. I think it's hot. You rock on, Anna Molly. I'll always be there for you. For at, least a, for at least an hour a week. I <laughs> <laughs> don't kid yourself. You're, it's a couple minutes. Solid, hardcore ear-fucking for an hour every week. Jesus Christ, uh, man. <laughs> uh, the In form, an alternate universe, you did not say that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we also had... Can I move on, uh, please? Yeah. Uh, we also had Stoffa sent us an email this week. The Don of the forums holding Oof, it down, yeah. pimping yeah. it. All over the Steam sale, too. Which, Every day he's we hustling. Every day he's Every hustling. Day. And he says, Dear Blue Yonder, uh, you know what I hate? People who applaud at the end of a movie at the theaters. What do you think about that? Um, well, let's talk about movie theater pet peeves because I got to say, I used to be the fucking movie Batman. Like, I've had physical altercations from mother bitches not respecting the sanctity of the cinema experience. And I used to fantasize that like if I got rich, one of the many things I do other than migrate West one hour every week to compensate for my fucked up biological clock was I would found the chain of, of theaters, high end theaters. Mm -hmm. We could drink beer out of a glass and there would be bouncers in each theater, like two (laughs) or three that you start talking, you take a cell phone call, you start texting, they will grab you by the scruff and eject your ass. Uh, I I better finish this email. They'd have night vision goggles. Um, okay. Uh, he says, you knuckleheads, don't you realize the actors in the movie can't hear or see you get a haircut? You, hippies so like on the scale of annoyances i guess that's like i always think it's weird and the first time i remember doing i don't i actually like it you like it because i noticed the classier the theater the more likely you're going to get applause like you go to the castleton arts theater Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten the people going to applaud you go to the ghetto dollar fifty second run movie. No one's going to applaud. People are going to kick their popcorn bucket over and walk out. The They're going to fart loudly and then exit the theater while so taking a cell phone call. My advice for you, uh, Don Staffa, is to go to less classy theaters. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling you're probably going to the rave. If I, uh, I kind of. You know, through Peter, understand kind of like how you're rolling, and that's a pretty classy joint. You need to declass that thing. Start going to. Don't they have the Regal Shiloh shithole still going, and like Avon? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so slide down the classy scale. People stop applauding. You need go you need, to East Washington Street. There's a two dollar theater there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee you get no. Applause it smells there. like a basement, even though it's above ground, <laughs> and the, the seats are where you. The people not applaud. Um, 
So yeah, you just go to a less civilized, most awfully theater. But See, I like it. I thought it's a holdover. My first, my first experience is right. with it. No one knows. This is like not even Matrix. You can the, the actors don't like if you're at Cannes or Canes or or Midwest the movie fest and there's like the director sure, and, and the cinematographers the and they're sitting in the back yeah. row. Clap. Uh-huh. There's nobody there, man. I know, but it's it's almost just a symbolic gesture to the people who created the movie. I mean, movies are enormous undertakings. Yes. Huge. Yes. I, even even small budget movies are just enormous undertakings by vast number of people. And I feel like if you enjoy a movie, clap. Why not? Because it lets the only thing other I can people say, in the audience yes, know that you appreciate it. I guess it, so. But it seems like what happens is three or four people spontaneously applause, and then everybody's like, well, I guess I got to do, you know, it's like the one hand clapping. No, no, here's, okay. At the end of, like, let's say a Star Wars movie. I have never been to a Star Wars movie where there's not clapping at the end. Well, that's 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 the perfect freaking, that's unwarranted. I, I agree. No one on the should new have ones. applauded. Now, like, there's a couple. I think the the, the like special editions, yeah. those were good enough where you applaud. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, now the changes were kind of bullshit in a lot of cases, but a lot of people applauded them. But here's my thing: like nothing at the end of a movie that you really, really enjoy, and you you're about ready to get out of the theater and talk about it with your friends, and like, oh, look at all these awesome things that I noticed, and I love this part of the movie. Would you rather yeah. silently, no, I got you. like, I, zombify, shamble your way out of the theater? Like, or would you rather it yeah, go out right. in an uproarious applause? I, I think that what for mid- lifts or detracts from I the I think mood? for art house films and midnight showings, a, a, a clapping is part of the social experience. I'm not going like to clap at 3 p.m. at a matinee. Like, like I hate going yeah. to comedies when I'm the only person there and no one else is laughing. Like, uh-huh. like a 500 people laughing at something makes it funnier. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And, like, when you hear, like, when we went That's to the Inception, there was a one particular point where everyone gasped every yeah. single time. Yeah, And it yeah, was, yeah. like, that part that magnifies the emotion when you realize, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Um, so yeah, I think that there's a social experience, but I'm, I'm kind of closer to Staffa. If you're just at the multiplex watching, um, uh, little Fockers and you're clapping at the end of that, you just should be drug out in the well, street, put against need, the wall and shot. Yeah. You need to curb yourself. All right. But on the other hand, like I said, like me, people freaking talking, people coming in, I, there's this trend now that like, uh, uh, people come into the movies like latish. And they talk in like outdoor voices, uh-huh. like they're just talking. Like, hey, oh, where's the seat? There's a seat over. Here. Like, why can't people whisper? My son's four years old, and he knows his fucking indoor voice. Yeah, it's like they're trying to draw attention to the fact that how late and rude they are. And like people that talk, and like I've seen a person take a cell phone call and uh-huh. actually have like a minute long discussion. Yeah, why wouldn't you take that out to the lobby? You need to go to a classier theater. I guess. Well, I mean, I've seen it in classy theaters. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get the the guys. But like on the other hand, I feel like care. we dodged the bullet because when those laser pointers became big, there was like oh. a six month stretch where people thought it was hilarious to put laser pointers on the screen, and then apparently, apparently, when the laser pointers got to be two dollars, it became passe. Mm-hmm. Because I saw a future in which. Like there would be fifty, sixty laser points on the ski at all, and I was going to have to kill. There's people. actually no picture on the screen. This is all from the laser all red and green laser, like a psychotic <laughs> Christmas laser show. That'd be Why amazing. Did, that's like a I, I all kind in of, the shapes of like poodles and stars that, and, <laughs> and skulls. <laughs> yeah, doesn't that give you hope for humanity? 
that like that possibility that could have happened. happened. Like like I feel I feel like Sarah Connor. It did happen in the alternate like, universe. I feel like Sarah Connor at the end of Terminator Two, where like you know, yeah. we put off Armageddon for a little <laughs> bit of time. Uh-huh. We all, as humanity, said, "Hell no, yeah. we're not going to do the laser pointer shit." I yeah, I like it. But we I'm still think it... and talk at theater, and then people. Oh, it drives me crazy. If you if you. Like, I can understand if you forget to put your cell phone on vibrate, even though they remind you every freaking theater time you go in, they remind you to do it. But if you get a phone call, hit silent and then take it outside if it's that damn important. You know, don't text. I don't want you texting in the theater. I don't want you talking in the theater. If you want to do that, stay at home. Apparently, you don't want them clapping in a theater either. I'm not clapping. I just think you're stupid. You can do it. I just think you're dumb. I don't, dude. Like to I said, seeing the movie theaters is a social and, experience. And midnight theater then, showings. Then watch the movies in your fucking living room. I'm don't saying, go to the theater. I'm not saying it bothers me. Like, stop it. Bothers them. I just think the people that do it are kind of dumb. Outside of, I disagree. Outside of, like when you're with a bunch of fans, like at a midnight showing or like a opening, like opening weekends. I'll I'll extend, extend it to okay. opening weekends. Past that, you know, if you have a natural reaction to the movie, laughter, uh, you know. Diarrhea. I, I like hearing whoops during, like, a, a super awesome action sequence. Huh. I don't uh, know people, that I've ever heard that. You know, but, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I don't really want your extra soundtrack. Huh. I want a laugh track. You know, a laugh track, okay, for a comedy. Okay. Ah, oh, dead air. Yeah, I was gonna see how love long. that dead air. <laughs> I was gonna see how long you let it go. Yeah, uh, it's uncom- It's a comfortable silence. I think we're at that point, the listeners. We can have a comfortable <laughs> silence. We're just gonna keep casting. Sit here on the couch. Yeah, right, right. next to you. Yeah, right. Uh, you go about your business. Um, so, uh, do you have any other feedback or anything? N- no, we need to. Um, apparently, people don't know what these ninjas are. We need to post pictures and get them hot for it. They're Shawnimals ninjas. They're You've Sean- seen them around. I, I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we need to post pictures and links because this is like a you know um, these are actually kind of desirable, and we're not asking for much. Like five Facebook friends. Uh, easy, easy peasy. Whoa. We had some uh, some some street noise there uh, intruding on the cast. Yes, we'll mark it up to street noise. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, they're actually you know they're free. We're going to give them away. We just need five Facebook friends. You've yep. got I know you've got at least five friends. Tell them to like click on this link and like it, and you'll get a free cool. You'll get a free stuff. You can like Solomon esque cut it in half and share it with them. We don't care. Um, but uh, we would like to. They are kind of star shaped. You could each take one. Takes the head. To take the arms, to take the feet, and maybe, and I think they grow back. Like One if you thing. cut them in half, the other it's like a starfish. That's what's special about these stuffed animals. Yeah, they're yeah. sentient. They'll, they'll scream when you do it, but then they grow. It's 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 okay. They don't feel a pain like us. Right, not, we'll, not like real. We pain. should just start sending out starfish to where they can literally divide it among their friends. Oh, the Amish friendship bread. <laughs> what? Did you rem- wasn't your mom into that? <laughs> <laughs> it was basically. <laughs> You don't remember that. <laughs> well, your mo- that's the most random your thing mom, I've ever my heard. Mom would come no, home she's from, not. You, my mom would come home from church with a Ziploc bag full of goo. Uh, and you split half of it and you'd, br- you'd, you'd, you'd grow it into bread, but it would keep making more. It was like the blob. That's not how it take, happens. Yes, it does. Physics does not work Look that it up, way. Amish friendship bread. It's some kind of live, yeasty thing that grows, and you can split it and give it to other people, and the other half grows, and you can make infinite bread out of this stuff. Infinite bread. Infinite bread. That's how Jesus did it, man. That's, that's, he did, he had Jesus Am- was it's, Amish. It's Jesus friendship <laughs> bread. 
<laughs> Seriously, but my, I can't believe your mom didn't. So no. I always had these Ziploc baggies of goo left in like out out in a warm area of the counter and they keep replicating maybe she was i mean we had a swimming pool with a cover on it that we could never use <laughs> so it's just a fat <laughs> of amish friendship bread yeah so and like I'm why wondering. was it amish i mean you know because the amish invented it i don't i don't know that like, seems why is i don't think they, they don't know they don't well, believe because in, they make it amish don't believe in self-replicating bread <laughs> Does it they have any believe, electronics? They no, don't believe it's in good. buttons, electricity, or self-replicating bread. It's <laughs> they, a fact. Uh, I don't know. They do enough replicating that I'm pretty sure they could get their bread to do it. <laughs> they really tried. Oh, that's not the secret ingredient of Amish friendship <laughs> bread, is it? <laughs> like 300 years ago, oh. the Amish elder spooged into bread, and that original stock has since. just been growing. Like sometimes, if you, it's true story. You cut into a, a, a loaf of Amish friendship and bread. No, you can find like hair and teeth Get in pockets of, of it occasionally. Just like those tumors that grow, and they, they cut them open, they find hair and teeth and like an eyeball. Oh, my God. So... Uh. <laughs> Oh, God. How do we get here? We were trying to get people to get shot. I don't know. I'm starting to believe there's an alternate universe above this one, though. This one's fucked up. Five friends... And we'll give you shotimals and friendship bread <laughs> with teeth and hair. <laughs> Optional. <laughs> Who knows what'll grow? It's like those it's like those sea monkeys kits, man. Wow. Okay. We've got to end this cast because it's gone off the rails. Yeah, it's on a crazy train. If you got feedback, That's where do you it. send it? Send it to blueyonder at baldmove.com or oh. you can visit our forums, forums.baldmove.com or you can go to Twitter. We're at uh, twitter.com slash baldmove. You can go to Facebook slash 11389764383. THX1138. Seriously, just go to Facebook or Facebook and search for Bald Move or the first result. Like us. Yeah. And what else do we have? Uh, punch else? in the face, listener. <laughs> Boom. Right 1 800 punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that said, till next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao. All right, phone is set to silent but deadly. Speaking of silent but deadly, there there may be some gas expenditure. Oh, I, I like to. What else is new? <laughs> we should be casting this. We are casting okay, this good. actually. Because uh, what else is fucking new? Did you but, eat a bushel of broccoli before it came over? No, I had a can of chili, uh, <laughs> and then broccoli on top, and then broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Uh, no, I, I wanted to say that I really like calling farts vaporous, like. Describing a fart as vapor instead of gas makes it much more disturbing. It sounds a little chunkier. Yeah, like, like it's got some viscosity. It's going to hang in the air. It's almost going to stick to you. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's a little known thing about farts. When when you smell a fart, it's actually becoming a part of you. Well, not only that, like, but it's exchanging atoms. Yes, the fact that you're <laughs> with smelling your body. it. That's what creeps me out about farts. The fact that you're smelling it implies that fecal matter is entering your yes. olfactory and respiratory systems. Uh huh. You know, it's like yeah. Jesus. I, I think it's actually more accurate to describe it as a vapor. You've got pieces of fecal matter hanging on to it's these. A, it's a fluid. Molecules of gas. Yeah, it's almost a fluid. I think that's what they were breathing in the abyss. Oh. <laughs> when, they, when they went extra deep.
<laughs> they had to do fluid breathing. Yeah, they it, was, flu- uh, it was a fecal floral, vapor. It was fluorofarty fluorofarty carbon. Oh uh, god! Rats can swim in it all day long. <laughs> they act like they're drowning for the first thirty seconds, but then and they then get used fine. to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's also another thing. If your you, body will remember the time in the womb when you smelled all your mother's farts. <laughs> I'm farts don't ever go away either. Like it's not like they dissipate. They they, they I I really don't think they do though. Here's my pseudoscience on this. I think that farts oh, actually just there's there's an amount of farts constantly in, in the air, and when you release some, it just it brings the fart level of the air up just a slight notch. Like. The entirety of the air on the planet, the fart level comes up just a little bit before the the planet can like filter it out, right? I guess. So like if you're inside, if you're indoors, and and people are constantly farting, you could bring the fart level up, like the density, the the percentage of fart to air ratio. Oh wow! Could just get out of whack, and but you get used to it. That's the thing. You won't smell it after a while, but it's still there. Uh, I actually had something to class up this conversation a little bit, but that was so stupid I forgot. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, um, you just get used to it. They don't go. They don't go away. No, I guess that's. I guess not. They. They. they it's do my pseudo. See, I, uh, what I was going to say is, we need like a Scosville rating for farts. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, like you know, like the maximum concentration. Like, how diluted would a fart have to be before the average person can't smell it? <laughs> It's like the highest rating is like 16 million. I'm going to call it I'm going to call it the Jimsville. The Jonesville, Jonesville rating. The Jonesville rating for farts. You've got some you've got some 3.5 million. I I have an infamous one, man. The net party fart. Ask Peter. Peter will tell you about the net party I've, fart. You've had some infamous in the time living. That one night where you ate like a bushel of broccoli and just wasn't stopping. I was like you've let like s- 70 liters of ass air out of you and you don't you've got like a 50 liter body i mean what the hell dude the net party fart was epic it almost made him get out of his own car like we were riding down the street going to a net party land party and i just unleashed and it was the most disgusting thing next to orfer's feet it was the most disgusting thing I've ever smelled. See, this is the and thing. it was my own. Like normally, yeah. your own don't smell that bad, mm. but that one was terrible. Um, I'm anti typically masculine in that I these uh, what you describe as uh, what uh, kind of frat boy antics like farting on each other and punching each other. That just <laughs> not, that pisses me off. Oh, I totally agree. Like, I, like I totally guys, would, like you would go right if someone went right up to my face and cut a fart, they would probably meet death. <laughs> Or I would die trying to kill them. That's just like, God. Because we just said, you yeah, just coated me in fecal matter. Exactly. You coated me through fart vapor. Yeah, get your vaporous asshole away from me. So, we like the Jonesville rating? The Jonesville rating, I'm going to yeah. start giving, I'm going to start rating farts in terms of that. It's like, oh my God. I have to dilute that 3.5 million times before it would be undetectable. <laughs> Uh, you have to carry around like a, a gallon bucket of air that you can just heave into the room. <laughs> I think there should be a calculation. Like we're in like a we're in like a ten or like a twelve by eight room now. Yeah. So how many it's eight? Like figure out how many cubic uh, feet of air. Yep. You know, and and how long it takes to dissipate. That would be you could you could derive a rough calculation. Wow.